Hundreds of thousands of business viewers have watched our two interviews with South African police whistleblower Patricia Morgan Mashale. But few would know that there is a story even more inspiring behind her whistleblowing, and that is the story of her tragic childhood. Patricia has agreed to speak to us today. Welcome, Patricia. Uh, Thank you so much for having me again, and uh, good afternoon to all the viewers out there. Patricia, I was privileged enough to read your social workers' report. It contains harrowing details of your childhood. Please tell us about your father. Uh, yes, Chris. Um, I don't know my father. I only heard about him from my mother and from family members. Uh, because I was born in 1974, I was the youngest uh, child of three, and my father died in 1975. Uh, he was set alight uh, what, by his employer. They actually threw uh, petrol uh, on him, and then he, he set him alight. And then um, he had like... Um, very, very bad burns, like the degree burns, and apparently he died uh, three days later in hospital. Why did that? Do you know why his employer did that? I don't know. Uh, we never got to know the story, Ben. My story, remember, my father uh, was working in the city, and my mother stayed behind in the rural areas uh, to, to raise us. So um, we never ought to know the truth behind uh, the, 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 the murder of my father. Up until now, I have been doing my research uh, throughout the years uh, to find, uh, to get to find the man who killed my father, but uh, in archives, uh, old newspapers, whatever, I couldn't find anything. So up to today, there's still this question that I ask myself to, uh, why uh, did he kill my father? Where did your father work? Um, there was a, my father was a, a penal bit. So he worked in Bloemfontein in Lombard Street, uh, street um, uh, at a penal bit. So, uh, yes. Uh, the place is still existing. I was there to look, but uh, obviously the, the place was sold to someone. So your mother uh, was a single mother for well, your whole time? My mother was a single mother because when my father died, my mother was, they, they were married. Uh, my mother was a young 21-year-old widow with three small children. Uh, I was the, as I said, I was the youngest. My older sister was about uh, two years older than me, and my uh, eldest brother was about uh, five five years older than me. So yes, she was sitting with the, let me say, uh, 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 three kids between the, the the ages of five in 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 a few months old, and uh, she was unemployed. She had to leave the, 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 the rural areas with the three kids to the city 
to come and seek for a job. And where did she work, Patricia? In the earlier years, I know she was working uh, as a as a as a maid. And then uh, when I went to school, uh, I think it was about yeah six years old when she started to work at um, it was first Santam Bank, and then uh, it uh, it became a uh, EPSA Bank. And then she worked there up until 1995 when she was struck by a text and she died on the spot. It was uh, eaten. Where did that happen, Patricia? In the township of Parmeng in Bloemfontein. Uh, it was on a Saturday afternoon. She was on her way from a funeral. And when she crossed the street, um, she was struck by the taxi. Uh, the taxi sped away, but uh, when uh, the, the 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 paramedics or the ambulance uh, ambulance came and they uh, turned around, fortunately the number plates of the taxi uh, was under her body. So that's how the police could um, track track the, the the driver of the taxi. And what happened to that driver? Uh, apparently, there was. Um, culpable homicide case uh, and um, since we were all still children because uh, I was still at school at the time I was about 16 or 17 years old uh, we also don't know what happened uh, to the case and um, at the time I had uh, stepbrothers because uh, my mother uh, uh, was in a relationship but the father also died prior to her death. And uh, when she died, I was left with my uh, three little stepbrothers. And uh, I had to raise them myself. They were, they were very small at the time. The youngest was about three years old. And he's a man of, uh, he's almost 30 years old. And how did you manage to raise them? What did you do? Since I was still in school, I had to find a part-time job. So, um, luckily, I found a part-time job at the um, uh, university's hospital. It was the, 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 the academic hospital in Bloemfontein. So, I worked at night and uh, in, during the daytime, uh, I went to school. I, I two of my brothers were already still in school. The the, the, the youngest one, I had to enroll him in a daycare center. So when I knocked off at six o'clock in the morning, I will go home. I will prepare them for school, and then we will all go to school together. And after school, I will face them from school. I will do my homework. Uh, and then I had to get to go to work again at six o'clock. I will take my books and stuff along, uh, make sure that the, the um, uh, there was a lady uh, next door uh, offered to look to the, uh, at uh, uh, them uh, during the night, and then make sure that they they've eaten, that the look are done, and then I will go to work. And then I I, I never slept. I <laughs> I never slept. I was I was. At school during the day and during the night, I, I was working so they didn't get an alert. And what job did you do there? I was a cleaner at the hospital, so yes, up until my uh, matric 
year, which I passed with flying colors. And then I became a student nurse after that. And the process proceeded because being a nurse, I also worked shifts. I also had to study uh, during uh, holidays. I had to work in uh, during uh, the, the, the normal days, I, I had to go to college. And what made you decide to become a police? Um, during the course of my studies uh, as a nurse, I realized that it was not really my calling to become a nurse because I couldn't take the, 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 the suffering of all those sick people, uh, especially uh, uh, the, the, the young babies, because there was a time when I was working in the baby ward and um, the small babies with heart problems, you had to work with those babies, even though they, they uh, chest were wide open. And then the final uh, uh, um, uh, 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 decision was when a lady that I grew very close to, she was a patient, she was from Kimberley. I grew very close to her and she was about to be discharged because she got better. And then that day when I was I was sitting with her and I think I went on lunch and when I came back, I heard that she passed away. So that was the final straw for me. I couldn't take it anymore and I resigned that same day. I resigned immediately. And um, I didn't join the police uh, immediately. That was around 1998. I decided that uh, I was... I, I got married that same year, so I decided that I'm going to be um, a, a stay-at-home mom for my brothers. And then in 1991, so I decided that I'm going to stay at home to, to, to raise my brothers and my, my own child children. And then uh, I got pregnant again in 2002. It was unplanned, but yes, I decided that I'm going to raise my children and uh, try to further my studies. But unfortunately, there was not enough money to further my, my studies. And in 2007, when my children went to school, I decided that it was time for me to go back to the work market and that's when I applied to the SAPS um, and I got a job in uh, 1 August 2007. I was appointed in the SAPS. And you worked yourself up over the years. How did you do that? I wouldn't say I worked myself up <laughs> over the years. I, 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 I got a lot of, of experience over the years because as everybody know by now that when I started to work in SAPS, I saw that there was a lot of corruption happening. And because of me speaking out about the corruption, I never got opportunities. Even if I applied for promotions, I was sidelined. I actually, I got blacklisted because I, 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 um, I talk too much, can you say? And um, yes, I, 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 I 
sponged and I, I, I made sure that I get as much uh, experience as possible. I worked in every unit in Visible Police and I made sure that I worked in every unit so that I can know everything in the, 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 the different units. And in the meantime, I enrolled for uh, my LLB and I, I started studying uh, since I saw that um, maybe if I can become, uh, get my degree, I would maybe apply to become some uh, um, uh, something else outside of the SAPS or inside of the SAPS. But the, the, the prospects of getting a promotion in SAPS was very bleak. And uh, although I had experience, although I had qualifications, although I applied for posts, I was never shortlisted for any post until I um, was dismissed in 2000, uh, last year, 2022. Yes. Now, why did you become a natural whistleblower? Were those the values your mother instilled in you? It was the values my mother instilled in you know what I always um when I when I looked at my mother uh every th- time she talks to me she will she will just tell me something as it is in uh every time I saw her talk, talking to someone else she will tell something like it is and some sometimes or would I say most of the times it was very embarrassing for us as children our mother to be so straight up about things but then again at the end of the day she will ask me did I lie <laughs> if I lie I'm sorry but I'm not going to be apologetic about the truth and I'm not going to to, to teach my children to be uh, uh, apologetic about the truth you speak the truth and you be an apologetic about it whatever happens even if you stand alone with the truth, then you stand alone. Don't follow other people because you want to be part of a group. If something feels wrong, then you must know that it's probably wrong. So yes, that is the teachings. Being Even though I was raised by a single mother, that is the teachings that I got from her. That is what I taught my children. That is what I taught my brothers. Even my brothers know no. Up until now they are adults but when I speak to them I speak to them as children and they listen to me but you've paid a heavy price for speaking truth to power and you and your children have had to live in fear of your life and you are living in fear of your life right now yep. and I've asked you this before have you ever doubted what you've done as I said before I, I never doubted and uh, regardless of the price that I paid, regardless of the challenges that I went through, regardless of the challenges that my children went through, I will do it over and over and over again. And even my children will tell you when you maybe got a chance to interview one of them that uh, this is what their mother teach them. And wherever they go, wherever they work, they are doing exactly what I told them. So for us, it was not a question of you have to choose between a rock and a hard place. It came naturally because that is part of our DNA, can I say. It's, it's, it is part of what we are. 
So um, should I go through everything that I'm going through now and someone show me, show me uh, a preview of what is going to happen to me, I will still do it again. I will still do it again because to me, I think there's an op- there was an observation in the social workers report, I don't have it in front of me right now, uh, that until the bullet takes you, you will not give up. And that really chilled me to the bone. As I said that I will, I will never give up. I will love until, I will love my truth until I don't have a voice anymore. That's, that's how I feel about it. And um, dying is, 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 is not something that we don't know. It's something that we don't get used to. But eventually all of us is going to die. I can be held uh, hostage by my fears of maybe getting killed. And uh, then I say that I will not talk out about corruption or wrongdoing because I might get killed. I Like my mother and my father, they didn't expect that they will die at the times that they died. So anyone can die anytime. So I'm not afraid to. The only thing that I'm afraid of is to leave my children in a world that are being distracted by corruption and I was afraid to speak. That is what I'm afraid. Thank you. That was South African Police whistleblower Patricia Morgan Mashali sharing her own inspirational backstory with Biz News viewers. Thank you. 